You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Merry Christmas, everybody. Man, it is so good to see y'all. I, I, I say this sometimes during service. I don't always mean it. Um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But y'all are looking good today, and I mean it. Okay? Sometimes I don't mean it, but really, this week, I mean it. Y'all look good, especially baby Nova, who sat on my lap. I'm going to remember that forever. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot, I forgot to take off my funny sweater. Okay, well, message in the funny sweater. Let's just do it. Um, man, uh, Mark and I, Mark Ashley, who was playing bass earlier, um, we were talking this morning about how this is our 12th Christmas together. Like, me and Mark um, playing a lot of Christmas Eves. It was just me and him and uh, I'm thankful y'all are here. If you were here on our first Christmas Eve, would you just raise your hand? Yeah, the Richie family. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So man, thank you for being here this morning. If this is your first Sunday with us and you're just here checking things out, welcome. We're not just a church. We're a family and we mean it like we mean it. We're completely informal as you see by my sweater, right? So you're part of the family now. Welcome, and we're, we're just as glad you're here. Um, one thing, I, I, we've been in a, a sermon series, like, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it in a minute, but um, called The Stories of Christmas. Not just the story of Christmas, but the stories, plural, of Christmas. And today, this morning, all of our stories collide. All of our stories collide. Our stories may have involved different routes to get to this place. We may have had different routes to get here, but nonetheless, everyone in this room has arrived at this place at this very moment in time, and you've been brought here by your own unique story. Somewhere along the way, you said yes to being here this morning on Christmas Eve. Whether, like I said, whether if it's your first time here with us because someone invited you or Google invited you or whatever, um, somewhere somebody invited you or AI invited you or whatever, and you said yes. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. Or your yes was said a long time ago, maybe years and years ago, maybe 12 years ago, you heard some crazy people were starting a thing called the Mission Redlands, and you were like, I'm going to check out and watch these people fall on their face. And then you stuck around. Crazy, right? You said yes. And... <laughs> You, you said it, and, and now you've been like a part of the mission family for a, a while now, and we're so grateful for you as well. And at some point in your life story, you had the choice to be here at this place this morning, at this time, on this Christmas Eve, you said yes. 
And we're so glad that you did. Just like today, this room is filled with a vast collection of individual stories. Like my story isn't the same as Alex's story, right? This room, like if we went around and all told our stories, I bet there wouldn't be even one close to the same. Now we would be in February by the time we were over, right? But that would be one long Christmas Eve service, right? And thank, you know, we're not going to do that because we got to get to In-N-Out, right? If you don't know, we're going to In-N-Out right after this as a service, as a church, rather, as a family. And uh, so just as much as the web of all of our individual stories are colliding this morning, there is a greater story being told. Right? There is a greater story that is unfolding as we gather today with one purpose, to celebrate. Come on, guys. It's like the middle school answer, right? Come on. We gather together. To... I'm giving you guys energy. Come on. Give it back to me, right? We gather together. All of our stories collide. Let me back up even further because we got to get the emphasis, right? All of our stories, our individual stories collide this morning for a greater story, and that is to celebrate Jesus. There we go. That's it. That's it. I only had to coach you through it. That's fine. That's fine. The Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us. We may not have all arrived here the same way, but each of us carries a piece of the greater story that fills this room today. Each of us, right? And so we've been in a teaching series called The Stories of Christmas, and we've been examining the individual stories of the people within the Christmas story, the greater story. And the Bible gives us the accounts of several people who had individual stories that carried a piece of the story, the Christmas story, and the account of the birth of Jesus. Like, take Zechariah and Elizabeth, and I'm not going to belabor all this, but um, Zechariah was a priest who wasn't, who, um, whom an angel visited and the angel told him that he and his wife Elizabeth would become, like Elizabeth, would become uh, pregnant. And they would become parents. And even though they were as old as the hills, they were going to become parents. Right? Whose parents are old as the hills? We're a live stream, so, so you, better, you better be careful. You better be careful. Um, Zachariah and Elizabeth were old as the hills. Baby was, babies had vanished from their plans. And here comes this angel saying they will become pregnant. The baby would later be called John, later known as John the Baptist, right? And Zechariah questioned the angel about this being possible. And because of the doubt, the angel took away his ability to speak temporarily. Later, when Elizabeth gave birth, their relatives questioned what the baby should be named. And Elizabeth said, John, just like the angel had told her, right? But their relatives were like, uh-uh. 
That's not a name from your family. Who has like pushy relatives? Don't raise your hand. Um, The relatives rejected Elizabeth's wanting to name the baby John, even though that's what the angel had told Zechariah. And so they go over to Zechariah, who still can't speak, right? And, uh, and they, you know, they ask him what they want the baby, what he wants the baby to be named. And in Luke 1, 63 through 64, says this, then they made a sign to his father, Zechariah, to find out what he would like the name of the child, to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and he said, to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. And immediately, his mouth was opened, and his tongue was set free, and he began to speak. And not only did he begin to speak, but he was praising God. His first words were praising God. Think about that. Nine months, Zechariah was without the ability to speak, but rather during that time becoming bitter and angry during that time when the moment came to be a part of God's greater story, he gave his yes. And the moment that he gave his yes, his tongue was set free. It was loosed. And the first thing he did wasn't tell about how hard it was for the nine months not to speak. The first thing wasn't complaining. It was praising God. His wife, Elizabeth, also played a huge role in God's Christmas story, obviously, right? Obviously, because she carried the baby, Um, affirming that her pregnancy was truly God at work in her, lifted the disgrace she felt from the people in her area of being barren. Being barren is not something to just skip over and Act like it's not a big deal. She was barren her whole life, and the God at work in her individual life lifted her disgrace in the neighborhood, right? Elizabeth is also used by God to affirm an angel's word to a young girl named Mary, and that her unusual Pregnancy is a huge part of God's greater story. More on that young girl later. But when the time arose for Elizabeth's story to collide with God's greater story, she said yes. Zechariah and Elizabeth both said yes. Another person who's often overlooked in the Christmas story is Joseph. And Caleb gave a phenomenal message on Joseph. I highly recommend you go back in the podcast if you missed it and check it out. But Caleb, uh, I said that already, Joseph rather, not Caleb, uh, was a descendant of King David. And one of the only things we know about him is that he was a righteous man. Joseph was a good guy, right? Joseph finds out that his fiance has become pregnant, which is kind of strange, right? He finds out that in their culture, this is real right here, in Joseph's culture, he could have very easily publicly disgraced Mary, maybe even violently, 
right? And, and Joseph could have not only got away with this, but other men probably would have viewed it as justified, right? That's the culture that they live in right now. But Joseph, being a righteous man, decides to divorce Mary quietly. But before he could, an angel appeared before him in a dream and said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. She has not been unfaithful to you. In fact, she is being faithful to me, God. She's not been unfaithful. She's being faithful to me. The baby she carries was created by the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew 1, verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. What I love about Joseph, and just hear me out on this, is what I love about Joseph is that not only when the moment comes, does he give the Lord his yes, but he does it knowingly that, making, uh, that taking Mary to be his wife when she was already pregnant, would cause him public disgrace. He would be disgraced publicly because everybody knows everybody's business in the neighborhood, right? He knows that there is a painful road ahead, but Joseph gives God his yes. We live in a culture today that is becoming more and more and more fatherless by the day. There is a staggering amount of young people whose biological fathers have skipped out on them. In fact, statistics across America in uh, 2022 say this. The data indicates that there are approximately 18.3 million children who live without a father in the home, comprising about one in four U.S. children. About 80% of the single-parent homes are led by single mothers. And like, that's not shocking to me. Joseph, Joseph's yes to God is a prime example that you do not have to share DNA with someone to be there for them like a father or mother. Joseph gave God his yes to fatherhood, knowing that it would be painful. Sometimes saying yes to God means accepting that we will endure pain. Not, not actually sometimes. Usually, almost always, saying yes to God means accepting pain. But I can promise you that enduring pain, that endured pain for God's greater story will never be wasted. It will never be wasted. The shepherds, okay? Let's just go around the nativity scene, all right? Who has a nativity scene set up right now? Okay, okay. The shepherds were nearby attending the sheep as they always did, when an angel appeared to them and told them, Luke 2, starting at verse 1, today 
In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and laying in a manger. And just then the sky became full of angels singing. Luke 2.14 Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. The shepherds right, didn't just attribute what they had seen to overly fermented goat's milk or anything like that. They, they, not, that not that they had been drinking the night before or anything like that. No, they took action once they saw the angels and what they were saying. They took action. The shepherds ran off to see the Messiah with their own eyes. The one whose birth had just been declared to them. And once they had cast their vision on baby Jesus, they couldn't hold it in. They couldn't help themselves. They had to spread the word to anyone and everyone who would listen. The Savior has been born. They gave their yes to God's greater story. Jesse Coda gave an amazing message on the shepherds, so go back and check it out. The shepherds were lowly in this culture. They were out living off the land, protecting the herds and often smelling like the herds, right? And, and the fact that God invited the shepherds to be part of his greater story on this day shows that Jesus came to save everyone, even the low man on the totem pole, even the man who didn't have their life together already, even the person who smelled like the herd. Jesus came for everyone. Now, the wise men are a little tricky. They're a little bit more complicated, and, and I'm not going to go in depth here, but they weren't actually there the night Jesus was born. They weren't. They did make it to Jesus when he was still a baby, but not on the day he was born. So if you want to make your uh, nativity set at home historically correct, move the, the wise men about a 20-day walk, 21-day walk to the east, right? So just move them over there. When the wise men arrived in Jerusalem, they approached the king, King Herod, um, whom Brian touched on last week, and just again, a phenomenal message. Uh, The wise men said to King Herod, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star. They were looking. They were watching. They were faithfully watching. We saw his star when it rose, And have come to worship him. The wise men had been watching and waiting. And when the time came, they gave God their yes to be a part of his greater story. All right. See, wise men, shepherds, little drummer boy. No, no, he he wasn't there, actually. He... um, Anybody who's ever been in a room with a baby knows a drum solo is not going to end well. No offense, Freddie. Um, Who else is there? Oh, yes, Mary, right? Mary, right? We said we'd come back to her. 
Of all the people in the Christmas account, you probably know the most already about her, about Mary. Mary was a young girl who was a virgin. Um, much like in the Christmas story and the other individual stories of the Christmas story, an angel visited Mary, but this angel's greeting to Mary was very different than the others. In Luke 1, 28, it says this, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Just say that to yourself right now, like in your head, quietly or out loud if you want to look crazy. The Lord is with you. I don't mind being crazy, so I just say it out loud. But Mary was very troubled at the angel's greeting. The Lord is with you. She's terrified. For more information about why all these people are terrified at angels at first, um, see the book of Ezekiel. Um, The angel said to Mary, you will have a son and name him Jesus. And in verse uh, 32 and 33, the angel describes God's faithful uh, future plans for this baby. And the angel said to him, the, the angel says, he will be great and called the son of the most high And God will give him the throne of his ancestors, and his kingdom will never end, never end. Which, in my mind, puts to rest the age-old question that theologians have been debating for centuries. Mary, did you know? (laughs) Yes, she knew! I like the song, it's fine, but she knew, right? And now Mary is young. And, not na- and even though she's young, she's not naive. She knows there's a process to making a baby, right? And so she also, she asks, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And Luke 1.35 says this, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. God. The angel goes on to relay that her cousin Elizabeth, the one we spoke of earlier, was six months pregnant, even though she was said to be barren. And what the angel says in verse 37 is as true today as when they when it's when they spoke it to Mary. The angel said, Luke 137. For no word from God will ever fail. And I really, really want you to hone in on Mary's response next. After hearing all this, after hearing all this, she responds to the angel in Luke 138 and says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. I need to say that like every morning when I wake up. I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. May you and I have the courage to give our yes to the Lord so boldly. 
Mary knew that this would cause her public disgrace. She knew that her fiancé might leave her. All she knew was that God had called her to carry this baby and to raise him as her own. And she fully believed that God was at work writing a story far greater than her own individual story. And it would cost her. Not only the unknowns I mentioned before, but she would have to lay down whatever she had envisioned her life to look like before this to commit her life to God's call. And still, she said yes. I feel like a lot of us, given the option, would say no. But thankfully, Mary said yes. All these people in the stories of the story that, that we've been talking about for several weeks were all people just like you and me. Our cultures were very different, but they were just people. Just like today, as all of our stories collide together into the story of Christmas Eve morning, 2023. At one time or another, their own story collided with God's greater story. And they all gave their yes. God's call didn't come without fear. God didn't give them every single detail of how it was going to happen. God's call didn't come without a personal cost. But they knew being part of God's greater story would be worth it. And because they said yes, you and I have the option to give God our yes too. Because Jesus, the Savior of the world, was born. That's one deep canyon. There we go. As the worship team comes back up and we bring the lights down, Jesus, the Savior of the world, was born, and that's what we celebrate. That is the symbol of this red candle. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available to them. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which is the Lord which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them, this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The, angel, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Father, thank you seems so such a feeble phrase in how we feel. Father God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten Son. With one purpose, to bring us back to you. So that when we feel your call, when we are ready to commit our life to you, when we are ready to give our yes to you, when we see your work in our individual story and we catch a glimpse of your greater story, we can't say yes. 
We can ask for forgiveness for our sins. We can be filled with your Holy Spirit, and we can say yes. Thank you, Jesus, for making the way. It's in your name that we pray, and everybody said amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com. Thank you.